Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Shockers and Cuss Words, a podcast that dives into self-improvement, completing goals, and overcoming modern-day obstacles. I am your host, Catherine, and together we will address our fears, establish self-awareness, and complete self-growth through honesty and reflection. Remember to please like and share this podcast. Thank you. Everybody and welcome to Shockers and Cuss Words. Today I have Brittany, who is a strategy maven, but today she's not talking about that. We're talking about a narcissistic boss and her experience with handling the situation and dealing with it and um, actually growing from it. So Brittany, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, Catherine. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I've connected with you. It's been incredible to to hear what you do. And I'm happy to be here and talking about this because whenever I went through this experience, um, I searched so much for stories or experiences with narcissism in a work environment. And I had a hard time finding a lot of content. Most of the content I found was relationship driven, which some of it's still related, but there were still some gaps that I really looked for information on. So I'm really, I was really excited when you reach out to me and, um, or when I reach out to you about this topic. Yeah. Cause I feel that there's a lot of people who might be working with narcissists. I mean, obviously narcissists have to pay the bills too. So mm-hmm. what, what can you give us a little background, um, in the story without like telling us too much, kind of like what were you doing? What was the job? How was the narcissist? Was he your boss? Was it a she? How did you guys work together? Sure. So um, I, I will assume everyone knows what narcissistic personality disorder is, or would you like me to go through like what it is? No, first? if you want to give, yeah, if you want to give everybody a little uh, description of narcissism, go ahead and do that. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so um Narcissistic personality disorder, it's a mental disorder characterized by entitlement and self-centeredness and a constant need of uh, admiration, a deeper others. Um, at the same time, people that suffer from narcissism usually have a low self-esteem and are very vulnerable to criticism themselves. Uh, they often experience problems in many areas of their own life as well. And um, working with one, it it can be really, really difficult, just as anyone could imagine. And and some I've heard in some cases that people claim that it does take like a level of narcissism to be like a successful business owner. Um, I'm not a therapist. So you know, I don't know what the the answer to that would be or how how I would offer feedback on that. But I can say working for one. So when I work, 
my boss. Um, I had, I actually worked for two. So they were both my boss. They were both males. And um, I identify myself as a recovering codependent. And I say that because it predispositions mm-hmm. me to like overlook certain symptoms of behavior if I'm not practicing boundaries. So yeah. at the time I met mine, I was not practicing boundaries. I was kind of looking for, I thought that this person was going to like propel in my career. Um, there was a lot of like promises and hype in the beginning and they call like the beginning stage, like the love bombing stage. Mm -hmm. So that's whenever they're like super nice and they're doing all these great things for you. They're like listening. They're asking you all about yourself and you think that it's to build a genuine relationship, but really what the reason why a narcissist does that is so that they can use that information later if they need it. Yeah. Yeah. They tend to use um, it against you. So they try to find out like what your weaknesses are um, and basically how they can use it to their advantage. So that's very like narcissistic trait, especially in the beginning to give all the love bombing. When you, um, obviously you said that, you know, you feel that you have that codependent personality. When you first started interacting with it through, um, with your boss, did you, think, oh my goodness, like this is such a leader because I do think that a lot of people who, um, might have narcissistic traits, but aren't necessarily narcissistic, like to be a narcissist, you have to be very, very, um, egocentric and just Mm -hmm. obviously have almost that, um, Superman, like Superman ideology where you're like, Yes. Like I'm God. Um, yes. We in the medical field, we call them surgeons. No. <laughs> but, um, Good one. Surgeons tend to have that. Um, I mean, a lot from, I haven't worked with many surgeons, but you hear it a lot from OR nurses that surgeons think they're gods. Most of the surgeons are very narcissistic and have that trait. Um, I work in the emergency room, the emergency room nurses. um, I don't feel, feel the same about the emergency room docs versus the OR nurses with Mm -hmm. the surgeons. And I think because they have that whole team approach because the emergency room is very chaotic and it can, um, it could go haywire very easily. So everybody has to kind of, um, support each other where in the, when the OR in the operating room, it's a very controlled environment and, Mm -hmm. um, it gives that one leader that power to Mm -hmm. basically dictate what happens, um, and gives them a way to act. But that's just the rumor in the nursingville. But um, when you started working with this narcissistic person, were you like, oh, my God, like they're an amazing leader or how did you first feel about them? Yes. And I'm so glad you said what you said, Catherine, because um, I'll I'll read little two sentences. Okay, so when I was searching for 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 content to learn what was happening to me um, or the situation, just to understand the situation better. I found a website called baronspsychology.com mm-hmm. and he, I, I like scheduled a meeting with this guy, the guy who wrote 
all about it. On a, you know, he's a um, licensed clinical psychologist. Um, he offers so much great feedback. So the, what you to a point to what you just said. So identifying with a few symptoms of narcissism does not mean you're a narcissist yourself. As a matter of fact, a lot of people benefit from NPD symptoms because it helps them maintain a positive self-image mm-hmm. and motivate them in terms of achieving goals. However, if people identify too much with the NPD symptoms, it can become a problem. Yeah. Um, if not for the narcissist himself, but the people surrounding the narcissist. So I'm really glad that you had said that. It doesn't necessarily, if someone has those characteristics doesn't mean necessarily that they are one. Um, okay, so yes, when I first met, you know, the narcissist in my life, um, I I would tell my husband all the time, I'm so grateful to have met these people. Like, I'm, I feel so grateful. This is such an incredible connection. And I feel like things are falling into place. Like, I felt very optimistic mm-hmm. about it. I was very excited about it, because it was still in that very much beginning stage of everything. And I hadn't yet seen um behind the scenes how things really worked and all the all the things right it takes time to to see that firsthand um and you know to the point of what you said so later when I started to what happened was there was a lot of gaslighting happening and I felt crazy I would have breakdowns I was very confused because I what you will notice you get into one of those toxic cycles with a narcissist, it always comes back around to you. So I would always, I'm willing to look at myself. So I would always go back to myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it's easy for me to identify problems within myself. Um, So it resonated with me and I'd be like, yeah, I have all these problems. And so I was so overwhelmed. I was like, how something is, something isn't adding up. I know I have these problems. Yeah. But like something isn't adding up. And um, after a while, when I did start to set up those boundaries and I started to like request certain things to be done a certain way for my, uh, for my boundaries and they were denied, that is when I was able to see, you know, and the reason why narcissists will do that is because it relinquishes their control over the situation. And that's a really good sign mm-hmm. that that's happening is whenever yeah. you're not allowed to set your boundaries. So um, you just brought up two really good um, terms that people talk about. So you brought up the gaslighting. Can you kind of explain to people what gaslighting is? Because some people might not actually know that term, but may have actually um, encountered it or had it happen to them, but don't um, understand what that term is. Could you kind of give it a little description? Yes. So I'll, I'll, be a geek and just read the description and I'll explain yeah. to you like how it happened to me. So <laughs> okay. gaslighting is a form of psychology manipulate psychological manipulation in which a person or group um, covertly um, seeds by making them question their own memory, their own perception or their own judgment. So whenever I mentioned earlier that often when you get into a cycle with a narcissist, it comes back around to you. That's part of the gaslighting and that's what would happen to me. So um I would do my duties a specific way after being told to do them a specific way, but it would be told to me, not in written form, just so verbal. I would do those things. Yeah. Just verbal. So then I would do those things a certain way for extended time. And then all of a sudden one day um, in a meeting, well, why are you doing things that way? And I'd be like, Oh, well, that's what I was told to do when X, Y, and Z happened. Mm-hmm. I, that I never said that. 
you know, why would, why would, that doesn't make any sense at all to me. I don't know where this came from. And it would, you know, that would happen over and over again. And it was very, and I would be like, well, maybe I didn't, you know, and, you know, it'd make me very (laughs) unsure of myself. And I'd be like, wow, maybe I didn't remember that right. Has has this changed your work practice a little bit? Yes. I, I hate to say I have PTSD from it because I feel like there's so much worse things that have happened or that could happen to other people, you know, but yeah, so now, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is just part of my story and as a whole and, and why I, I feel like I was a little bit more susceptible to this, which, um, you know, my business partner who's experienced this, it's super interesting because her and I have completely different backgrounds, but yet she still mm-hmm. was in a similar situation. So it's very interesting. Um, I now, yes, I set boundaries way in the beginning of situations. If I'm starting any type of contract with someone or working with anyone, um, I also, if I notice that conversations um, change too quickly, mm-hmm. like if moods change too quickly, I will not work with that person. Yeah. Um, also require everything in writing. Um, I like how you've gave yourself the knowledge that now you have to require stuff in writing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the... Um, you know, like the verbal order with doctors and nurses, you know, Mm -hmm. if a doctor gives you a verbal order and let's say the order's fucked up and then you accidentally give too much of the medication and then he's going to say, no, I didn't, I didn't give Mm -hmm. you that order, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, definitely you have to have, um, boundaries. And I like you to address that at what point did you start to realize like, Hey, this work environment is not healthy at all. Like after you started to see the gaslighting, was there more, was there like, did it get really manipulative? Yes. And it, it was when it started involving other people, like it was a very, both situations I was in, like, cause I had mentioned there were two different scenarios were very small teams. And so when I have noticed in my experience when my narcissists have been in small teams, um, they've someone, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yes. There's always someone in the hot spot, in the hot seat. Okay. And so I would notice. um, Somebody's always in trouble. Yes. And they would involve (laughs) me in some way or, or I would be the one in the hot seat. And so when I started noticing that it was like a huge red flag, cause I would see firsthand like someone else going through something. And I was like, Whoa. And, and when I got involved in it, like when I was, when I, cause there was a situation that was like, um, basically got information from me on someone and and the way that they got it from me and then the way they used it, I, I, I was like way taken back and I felt, you know, it was just a horrible situation. It was, it was terrible. So they got personal information against you and basically used it against you. Kind yeah, of? but about okay. someone else. For someone else. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was almost like they were doing dirty work. Exactly. Oh, that's they call it flying situation. monkeys. It's like a term with, with this personality uh, disorder is they use their flying monkeys, which are people who are very devout to them and they're very close right. circle who will right. participate. Right. Cause they're an amazing leader. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause they're, they have exactly. God 
essence to them where people are drawn to them. Um, and it's, you know, which in all honesty, like I, I see some amazing leaders and if they use those leadership skills in the right way, it's so beneficial. But when people use it to manipulate others and have no remorse or no empathy for the other person, that's when you really see the narcissistic personalities and you're like, okay, this is maybe something's not right with this person. So when you were working in that environment and you started to see like, this is getting really unhealthy, did you confront like other people like, Hey, are you going through this too? Or is this just me? Or am I going crazy? Like, I'm sure there was multiple things flying through your head. Can you kind of give us a little situation on how you were feeling back when you started to feel like this isn't, this isn't right? Yeah, um, that's such a great question. So I, I started doing research. I started journaling a lot so that I could record because I felt like I was crazy. And so as I started to journal, I started to recognize certain patterns. And so I started doing research on those patterns. And that's when I like discovered a little bit more about what this what what this narcissism and gaslighting was. And um, that helped validate my experience because it was so it was like like this this website that I'd mentioned it was as if he was like there is how spot on what he wrote about was to my experience so that really helped me know that I was not crazy um and I I made an appointment with him and I started kind of working with him on these scenarios and that was the start of it okay so, okay. So you, you started to say like, this isn't right. And started journaling. I really yes. enjoy journaling for so many reasons because sometimes, and I think that's a lot of self-care and it brings like a lot of self-awareness because at, at the time that we're feeling these emotions and we're feeling like, kind of like what we're going through and we're like, whoa, this situation's intense. But then when we put it back and reflect on it and put it back on paper, it's like, we can kind of dissect the event and say, this is what, this is what happened. And this is how come it happened. How may have I been able to prevent it? Or maybe I couldn't have prevented it at all. So I'm really glad that you found journaling because that's a major Mm -hmm. game changer when it comes to that. Um, And then how did you kind of like, how did you, did you talk to other people or were you just like, fuck this place? I'm getting out of here. It's Uh. time for me to, it's time for me to quit like um I did I I I don't um I just want to tread lightly on on that part of it but yes I I I reached out to other people um but yeah 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 and I only say that because it may not be safe yet for me to to talk more about that part of it yeah and then um when you decided to go your separate ways from the business, how do, how do you think the narcissist handled it? Did you hear? Cause usually if it's a relationship, it can go very South. Like it's because. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. When they lose their control and they lose their ability to manipulate 
it's like a huge it's and it's not the person that they're missing it's the control and the manipulation and just the negative how did they did do you have a really hard time leaving that um that company or that business or that relationship like when yeah. the narcissist okay can you tell us a little bit about it yeah yeah and you said something really important you said that um it wasn't it's not the person they miss it's the control yeah. and narcissists is something else this website that really helped me is narcissists don't have friends they see people in terms of useful versus non-useful threatening versus harmless and so that's exact you're you're kind of treated as like a transaction or like a you know a tool to get them where they want to be um and so yeah when I started setting harder boundaries because that's what I did when I whenever I started seeing the patterns I worked with that therapist I started setting harder boundaries like not answering text messages right away not um not answering calls after hours, things like that. Um, I started requesting more written uh, responses, things like that. I started doing immediately got like shut off and put in the cold seat. So like I was, you know, excluded from conversations. Um, You know, you could tell like the tone had changed. Um, And I was terrified because I knew that in the setting I was in, that I knew that there wasn't going to be a way to like to, to set boundaries and it worked mm-hmm. because it wasn't going to work for that person. So I knew that, that an end was coming and I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And because the narcissist needs the control I, in my mind, I was like, he's, you know, he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to let me go. That's going to have to be how it has to go. That's going to be the least friction I'll have. You know, that'll be the safest yeah. way for me to get out of here. So gratefully that did happen. Um, my grandfather passed away during COVID. He was, um, he had cancer. He was in a nursing home. He passed Mm -hmm. away. And like many other people who had loved ones pass away, it was like a long time before you could get a funeral. We we had the funeral. I I emailed, I was like, look, I'm not available this day. My grandpa's funeral, you know, I made Uh sure everyone knew. Well, that night I got an email saying that, um, you know, you're, you're, I can't believe you're not responding or like, I can't remember what it said. It said something to the effect of like, my work has been declining for a long time and we need to talk about it. Yeah. And so the next day was that conversation. And that's when it was like, you know, uh, do you want to tell me what's going, you know, do do you want to talk about it? And I was like, no, because there, there's no talking about it. It's just a setup, you know? So, I mean, of course I didn't want to, I knew that was my, that was my way out. So it ended uh, very well in that sense. The anxiety leading up to it was really difficult. That's the terrible part was just the anxiety leading up to how it was going to happen because you're just scared. You're scared working for that person. You're scared all the time. Am I doing something wrong? How is it? Am I going to get fussed Mm -hmm. at? You know, all this stuff. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's a different dynamic versus like a love um, mm-hmm. like business and love, it's a different type of fear. Cause you're fearful. Like, am I going to mess up at work? Is this person going to be upset about something? Um, am I going to do one thing, you know, where they don't like it and am I going to get fired? So yeah, it makes it very stressful. Um, and then almost when it's a narcissistic boss, 
um, they don't use the love bombing where a a narcissist in a relationship kind of has that cycle. And then when mm-hmm. they see the other one is wanting to leave or mm-hmm. is wanting to um, kind of get out of the relationship or is unhappy, they'll continue to throw some more affection their way just to kind of lever them back in one more time. <laughs> right. So with the boss, when it was time f- and you were like, this isn't working for me, did they try to throw in any additional love bombing or were they just like, okay, it's time for her to go? No, they were totally done with me, which was, yeah, I was really grateful for. I feel like it, in that sense, it couldn't have went better because it could have been a lot worse. I've seen other people's situation go a lot worse. So yeah. I was really grateful for the way that mine had went. Um, I mean, it sucks that were, like, yeah. it played it, off of my work ethic, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> right. And that's the thing with the boss too, <clears throat> when it's in the versus the relationship, when it's in a, the leadership role and there's multiple people who are, like you said, you know, their dependents or mm-hmm. their enablers or their monkeys, as you call them mm-hmm. flying monkeys. You'll see that it's easier for them to just let go of that one person than to take down the whole, you know, the tribe. Because if you're in yes. there, if, if he continued to have you there, you would be unhappy. Other people would mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, and, exactly. And you would be talking about it where that's too much of a risk, you know. You're spot so, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you left and finally decided this is, you know, this fucking job is ridiculous. <laughs> this person is ridiculous. <laughs> Did that narcissist continue to um, build their business? Um how have they been in the... I think so. Yeah. You Most know what's funny? Do. Yeah, yeah. It, yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, most of them do. They they tend to build really good, um, quote, unquote, you know, businesses or, um, you know, if they're in a multi-level marketing, it's usually the ones who are on top are mm-hmm. the most narcissistic or have the most narcissistic traits because they see everybody else as resources mm-hmm. and tools, which is very unfortunate, and especially in the corporate world. It shouldn't be like that, but uh, unfortunately it is. So I think it's really good that you're talking about it because it's very common in um, team like working situations and environments. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so- it was really funny because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, in the, when I was told I care about you, I just, cause I was told in the exit call, I just care about you yet. I have not heard from that person since we parted ways. Right. You know, so yeah. that's just a good, it, it, that again, validates what was happening that I wasn't right. crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But at the time you felt like you might've been going fucking nuts. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I am definitely batshit crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And everyone around me was agreeing with the narcissist at the time. So I was, I, it made me, it, it made me feel even more crazy. I was like, how am I the only one? This is, this is just so insane. Like it, it yeah. was very stressful. How did, so you said that, um, and I, 
I don't think you should minimize when you said that you feel that now you have PTSD and you're like, but so many people with PTSD go through so much, you know, and what people don't understand is you can have post-traumatic stress disorder and it can be from small encounters consistently. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this major event that happened to you. And now you're like, whoa, I have PTSD because I had this major catastrophe. You Mm -hmm. can have post-traumatic stress from multiple incidents over time. So I'm sure you do have some PTSD because um, it had to structure your life, right? And now I'm sure Mm -hmm. you have some anxiety when you are entering Mm -hmm. a new workplace or you're entering a new relationship with um, a boss or a relationship Mm -hmm. with a coworker where you're kind of like more in tune to what could possibly happen because of what has happened to you before. Mm -hmm. At, At the time that you left and you started to repair, how did that look when you started to um, do your regrowth and um, repair what you just left? How did that look for you? It was really difficult because um, the way that I was set up, I learned a lot during my time working for that boss. So that is, again, something I'm really grateful for because I was able to take that experience and um, do what I meant to do in the first place, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, have my own entity. So, you know, I always had my own entity, but I wasn't really like allowed or like given the opportunity to work within it, if that makes sense. Um, So, it was really difficult to like gain the confidence to do it on my own because there was so much talk about me needing to be ready. Like I wasn't ready or like I wasn't at a place where I was seasoned enough to work with clients one-on-one and stuff like that. So I had to, I had to build a lot of confidence and that's part, part of why I was really grateful to, to partner with my business partner now, because it did help with that. I didn't feel like I was doing it all alone. So And because she's so much different than me personality wise, it really helps me kind of check myself sometimes whenever I've got a situation that's triggering me or something, I'll kind of see how she's responding to it. And then I'll like be able to see, okay, that's my, that's my PTSD. My mind's going, you know, in that whirlwind, it's it's okay. You know, so I'm really grateful for that. Not everyone has that opportunity, but that did help. But building my confidence back was difficult and still is really difficult. Right. Many times I still feel like I have imposter syndrome, you know, in in situations. Yeah. And can you tell people what imposter syndrome is just for the ones who are um, not really sure of the definitions? Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's like um, basically feeling like you don't belong in in a space that you you have all the credentials to be there. I don't know if that's like the technical terms, probably yeah. not, but, but yeah, like just feeling, feeling like someone's going to find you out and, and you're not who you really, who you say you are type of thing. Um, I think. That and, and I think just better. also not having the validation of your worth, like being in, um, you know, a certain job or a certain um like you're almost scared of the value that you do have or yes. the achievements that you can receive. So that's a great, think, yes. 
yeah. So I think sometimes people, when they think imposter syndrome, um, it's like, you know, am I really meant to do this? Am I really meant to achieve this? You know, so it kind of puts you back and makes you a little bit fearful of the situation. I think um, when people see um, leaders, like there's all types of things that um, leaders and bosses do that we don't like. Like, you know, there's all kinds of shit my boss does that I don't necessarily like, but they're a leader. That's their job title is to lead us and give us direction. Um, But when it becomes manipulative and it becomes where the person's fearing to even go to work and definitely feels like at any moment they could lose their job. That's Mm -hmm. a very unhealthy environment Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make a strong leader and it doesn't make a good leader. But um, so many, unfortunately, um, CEOs and um, people in upper management or people in upper upper leadership tend to do that. So it's something that I think if more people who are um, not in that higher up position is able to bring light to it, it will definitely make it where not so many managers or leaders um, will use that trait or use that format of leading. It's like, uh, I think I read a, like a quote or like a meme or some shit. And it said like, people don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad managers. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. Like Mm -hmm. if you have a job that you enjoy and you're on this career path and it's somewhere you want to be. And then all of a sudden it changed. It either changed because leadership isn't doing their part or the environment that you know you can do better. So mm-hmm. it the retention rate for people who are in a position has to stay where they want to stay there because employees, you know, most likely should be at that business where they want to retire or they want to grow. And if they don't want to do either one of those things, there's a problem in that organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it. Oh, Amy came on. Yay. Amy. Welcome. Amy, give us um, some background on you. And we were just wrapping up a little bit with Brittany's story. So I would love to hear your story about um, working with a narcissist. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, well. <laughs> Do a little introduction so everybody knows who you are because you kind of hopped on in the middle as we were ending with Brittany. So this is perfect timing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Amy. I am Brittany's business partner. We own a digital marketing agency called Strategy Maven. And so my experience with a narcissistic boss, um, I don't really want to give too much detail because this person is extremely sue happy. And it's part of of being a narcissist, I guess. I mean, this person will sue anyone that insults this person. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, oh, or, Lord. Or find, or find a way. Or Don't find sue chakras and cuss words, honey. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll sue your ass back. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
or at least find ways to sue. So I'm not going to give too much detail, but yeah, I worked for this company for a long time, way too long. And uh-huh. I honestly didn't notice these things or I didn't notice that this was narcissistic behavior until after I left. Okay. Um, Cause while you're in it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, things are wrong and you know, you know, things aren't supposed to go that way, but I never pinned it to it being narcissism or that being a, I guess, a personality trait of this mm-hmm. person. Um, so, I mean, to this day, I'll be <laughs> with Brittany and uh, we'll have like PTSD together you guys are like yes well we'll like come across someone who has like similar um personality traits or we'll come across someone or a a client or potential client um that we're like oh gosh we cannot work with this person Mm -hmm. because they have these traits and they they like we can just totally see this going bad like we can easily spot it now which is great yeah yeah but um, anyways, yeah, that's that's my vague background. <laughs> so when you were in the position, did because Brittany was talking about how she had um, a lot of like love bombing at first. Did you have the same experience? Because she said hers was kind of different from yours. So obviously it wasn't the same boss. You guys were in different fields or different uh, work environments. Right. Yeah, correct. It wasn't the same boss. Um, what do you mean by love bombing? Like uh, a lot of gratitude towards your way. So love bombing is basically um, giving you major compliments, reinsuring that you are the right person for the, the job. Uh, they want to see you grow. They see your potential, but you know you can't tap into that potential unless you are... Um, with them (laughs) so it's it's almost yeah like a lot of affection one thousand percent I mean to the point I got raises so often that it was unreal um while I was there and it was kind of a way now that I'm looking back on it I'm like this they kept raising my pay to make it super hard for me to leave Right. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I know it, <laughs> I know it now at the time I was like, yeah, this is so great. Like, yes, I'll put up with all the BS for more money. And that's why I stayed so long is because they kept increasing my pay and it was for, for the position, like I would have never been able to find that pay anywhere else, mm-hmm. um, working the same position in the same field. Um, so it just made it super hard, harder for me to leave. Um, harder for me to find something else and you know like they were always like they would tell me um, how great I was doing and then like <laughs> literally the next day like I'd get like um, yelled at or or put down for something that I didn't do or didn't know that I needed to do, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. definitely a lot of, lot of love bombing. Okay. And then when you were going through this, were you feeling like, like at first, when it first started, obviously you were, you know, happy because you were getting like lots of money and you're like, Hey, <laughs> Hey girl, Hey, I'm making all this money. <laughs> but then 
were you like, okay, this job's kind of toxic? Like, how did you start to see the the toxicity of this person in the work environment? You know, now that I'm looking back, I should have seen it on the very first day. Really? Um, wow. Really? Because the first day I remember I had, um, I was replacing someone and she was training me and, um, literally this, this, my boss came up to me and was like, this person just said that you are like a know-it-all or that you uh- are like, <laughs> yeah, like very first day. And it was like, you know, me on my first day, I was just listening. I was asking questions. I obviously had no idea how the company ran. So right. I wasn't overstepping or doing anything like that. And for him to say that, it was just, like, so bizarre to me. And, like, that's when I should have known that he was creating a toxic work environment. And so many things happened after that that I just kind of, like, put aside because I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, this is is how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just, yeah, I should have known from the first day. But when I really started to get ticked was probably about a year in. Because mm-hmm. um, it was just happening so frequently, and at the time, I was like, "There's no way, like, all this stuff just so happens to like be normal. Like, this is a pattern. It happens often. I come home every day, like, crying. Like, mm-hmm. so what was what was happening? <clears throat> oh my gosh, so many things. Like, that was just one instance. But th- this person would constantly create like a toxic environment, like a he said, she said thing, um, or he would make, so I was in upper management. He would make me feel like if I didn't tell him confidential information about someone Mm -hmm. that was under me, um, then I wasn't doing my job. Oh, so So he he wanted you, he wanted you to like snitch. He's like, girl, give me the gossip. (laughs) Right. So I can use it against him. Yeah, he would put me in awkward situations and situations that I wasn't comfortable in. But, you know, ultimately, he was my boss. So I kind of had to do what he wanted me to do. Right. And it was just I just knew like, I was like, this is not this is not normal. This is not healthy. This isn't healthy for me. It's not healthy for anyone that's under me. Um, So yeah, so things like that. When did you start to realize that this, like, this environment is really unhealthy and I got to go? Like, you were in there for a few years, it sounds like. Were other people having problems or did he just seek you out? No, other people for sure. Um, I was not, I was not the only one and I won't be the last one at at all. I mean, there's people still there that I'm just like, oh gosh, like I am praying for you, child. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't even imagine. See the light, honey. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, I, after about a year, I was, I I knew like I was just like this is not the place that I'm I want to be but like I said it was so hard because they kept you know love bombing me and Mm -hmm. giving me like every now and then they'd give me gratitude and then give me a raise so it was just like 
it was just such a weird situation to be in. The golden handcuffs. That's, uh, (laughs) that's what um, people call it. Um, When you're making a lot of money in a very toxic environment. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, they're giving you money, but you feel like you're in prison. Mm -hmm. So it sucks. Um, Definitely. I've seen it a lot in nursing, like when people are working in toxic environments, but for some reason the pay is just too good. So they can't leave or they're having the burnout. So they're kind of settling where they're at because the, the reality is that they hate to be there, but the money is keeping them there. And that's really, really, um, not a good situation to be in just, you know, going into work every day and hating it is absolutely horrible. I've heard stories of, um, nurses saying that before they would go into work, they would get very anxious, start to get Mm -hmm. anxiety, um, or their stomach would turn Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they would feel like almost sick to their stomach having to go to work because the environment was um, extremely toxic for whatever reason. So, yeah. I mean, every every day, to be honest, Captain, that I was there, like I'd get that same feeling. Like my stomach would turn. Like, what did I do wrong today? Right. Was the feeling, or like, mm-hmm. what am I gonna get attacked for today? Or what did I miss today? Or what what am I going to do today that uh, this person's watching at home on their camera? Like, <laughs> Wow. They had a camera? Oh, yeah. Camera is on us at all times. Oh, wow. That's intense. And this was like mm-hmm. an office setting or like a, co- a corporation? Yeah. 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 We have cameras in the emergency room, but that's, you know, the hospital, that's because of safety issues mostly. And also, you know, somebody fell, but, um, so we could see the situation, but, um, I don't really think it's, well, maybe it's for watching the employees too. (laughs) Who knows? Um, I remember, so I, now that we're talking about this, there was one instance where for me, it was like one of the last straws, it should have been mm-hmm. the last straw, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was close. Was when I, it was very close, but I stayed for probably about another year after. Um, I had talked back or something along those lines, or I had like stood up for myself in some way. I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but I do remember that if I wanted to keep my job, I had to sign this paper or contract or whatever saying uh-huh. that what I said wasn't true and that I messed up uh-huh. um, and that I basically would at the time they had like deducted my last raise <laughs> <laughs> like we want that money back girl <laughs> yeah and I'm like I should not have signed that because not everything I said was true right. um, and this is just another manipulation tactic because that's yeah. what they mm-hmm. do and, um, but yeah, I did because again, like I was scared of losing my job and losing that income. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's crazy. So how did you, how did you leave? Was there like one incident where you're just like, I always <laughs> tease people. Have you guys seen, uh, <laughs> what is it called? Half baked? <laughs> no, you guys- actually. Have you haven't? <laughs> Who no. said yes? <laughs> 
Did somebody say yeah? No? Brittany, yeah. I don't remember much of it, but it was a long time ago. I did see it. <laughs> There's this one part. Okay, so basically it's uh, Dave Chappelle and it's a Dave Chappelle movie and it's about basically smoking weed all day. It's an amazing movie. (laughs) It's hilarious. And there's this one part, there's this one character called Julio and he works out like, I don't know if it's like Burger King or someplace. He works at Burger King and they're just fucking on him. And he's just about to be rich. Like his smoking, his uh, weed business is firing up. He's like ready to quit. So he grabs the drive through microphone and he's like, everybody, like Burger King or whatever, you know, fast food restaurant it is, the customers are there too. He grabs the microphone, he grabs it, and he goes, fuck you, fuck you, fuck oh, you, yeah. you're cool, fuck you, I'm out. Honestly, it was kind of like that. <laughs> he, drops the, he drops the microphone and he just leaves. And I always tell, like, my husband, like, when my husband... <laughs> like is getting ready to uh, leave one job to another and I said are you going to do the Julio are you going to do the Julio and he's like I might I might <laughs> I mean it's just like legendary you know um, I always say like um, you know sometimes if I'm leaving a job and it was like a frustrating job or it was just a toxic environment I'll just say I might fucking Julio them fools <laughs> you know? yeah but it is hilarious, but uh, so what was your incident like when you just left? Honestly, it was kind of like that. Really? Um, yeah, but it was so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much I should say, but you can say whatever and, you're comfortable and, with. Yeah, I don't care. He, could, you know, if he wants to sue shockers and customers. Come for me, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but really, this person is, like, so happy. Like, right. I, while I was there, I'm pretty sure he sued, like, everybody and their mother. Yeah, um, and he probably wasted a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, narcissism. But, right. Um, so, <laughs> to the point where even, like, I talk, I tried to talk him out of one of his lawsuits. But anyways, I was like, you know what? This is dumb. Like, what are you doing? He's like, no, yeah. I can't let them win. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some um, <laughs> But anyway, so my exit was pretty similar to that. It was, it was through email um, because we had, like, this long email thread going. And he was mm-hmm. basically calling me a liar on something. Were there other people in the email as well? Or was it just you and him? Yeah. Well, yes, it was just him and I, but I'm pretty sure he had other people, other eyes on the email as well. Right. Um, So basically he had like, it was the last straw for me. He had said something that was like totally inappropriate and like totally out of line. Uh And I was like, you know what? Like, this is it. Like I'm totally done. And I submitted my two weeks, which they didn't accept, but it's okay. (laughs) They didn't Um, accept. (laughs) You can't quit us, girl. We quit you. (laughs) I know. I know. You know what? After I did did that, they sent another email saying like, you know, we knew this wasn't working out anyways. And um, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. Like, 
<laughs> you just have to have you just have to be the one to be brave mm-hmm. you know yeah definitely well I'm glad you got out how was your rebuilding phase um because we talked about Brittany's a little bit and she said that like she used journaling to kind of help her and definitely set some boundaries was yours similar or was yours a little different Honestly, um, I'm still kind of rebuilding. I I don't journal because I don't like to think about that. It's like in mm-hmm. the past, you know, I'm like trying to move forward. But there's some instances that have come up that have been like, oh, my gosh, this just reminded me of when I used to work there and I don't like it. <laughs> right. Um, so maybe I should journal or do therapy or do something like that. But I just haven't really because I, I'm, I, I'm the type of person that once it's it's done it's done like forget about it move on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but there's definitely some PTSD there yeah (laughs) and you can always you know even if you don't like journaling that's fine but you could definitely you know put the you know uh, like I always say to my friends because uh sometimes I get uh people want ask me for relationship advice and I always say have your prerequisites what are your prerequisites before they can even date you? Mm-hmm. They have to have a spreadsheet of bam, 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 bam. Okay. Before you even go in that direction, if they're not hitting all those marks, then don't mm-hmm. even go on a date with them. And I think that should be the yeah. same with the job as well. You know, as anything that you are going to devote time to and anything that you're going to potentially stay with or continue to grow with, you definitely have to have prerequisites where you no, this is what I need before I give part of my time to this relationship. If it's business, if it's um, whatever, love, whatever, you definitely need, I call them prerequisites, but, you know, I guess boundaries as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to the point now where Brittany and I, like, we'll talk about, like, a potential client and we'll be like, look, we, I don't think I can work with them. And that's totally that's fine. Good. Like right. that's, mm-hmm. the, that's great because that we're able to communicate that. And like, we understand that we've both had some like trauma with working for people or working with um, like people who have narcissistic traits. And um, it's so great now because we can pick and choose who we want to work with. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. Can you guys um, let everybody know a couple tidbits that you would give if they felt that they have a narcissistic boss or is in maybe a very toxic work environment? What would you tell them? Yeah. So here's the thing about narcissistic bosses is that they will not change. Like I was the type Mm -hmm. of person that kind of Mm -hmm. thought like, Maybe if I acted a certain way, he'll change. It, mm-hmm. That's not the case. They will never change. They will always be like that um, until they go out and mm-hmm. notice this about themselves and seek the help that they need. It's just not going to happen. So my mm-hmm. tip is to leave. If you are in a situation like that, you get up, pack up, leave. Do not stay. Do not stay long because at the end of the day, it's not going to do any good for you. Um, it doesn't, the money doesn't matter. Um, the position doesn't matter. All that matters is your mental health and your, yeah, like that's literally the only thing that matters. So if you are in a situation like that, 
get up, pack your stuff, leave, find something else. Even if it's Mm -hmm. a position that you're, you don't want, it's going to be so much better in a better work environment. Yeah, definitely. It definitely, it definitely will. And, um, how, how have you grown from this situation? Um, would you say that you've seen in you the growth that you've seen have come from this situation? Yeah. So is that for me or Brittany or both? Like you could answer and then Brittany can answer. Okay. Um, so I know, I now know like my worth, my value. Um, I know what I'm going to put up with and what I'm not. Um, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. That's, I feel like that's really what I learned is like to never be, put yourself in a situation or stay in a situation that is not Mm -hmm. serving you. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think now I am way more aware and I think I try to pay attention to those signs right off the bat now. Um, Mm -hmm. and I keep saying it, but boundaries, like how important my boundaries are. And I second what Amy says, knowing what I'm capable of and not letting someone else tell me that I'm not capable of it or letting someone else try to dictate how I feel or what, what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, this topic has been amazing and I know it's not necessarily what you guys are known for. Can you please let people know how to find you and give um, a little resource on your business and what you actually do. And if they want to find you, how can they do that? Yeah. So, um, well, you can find us on Instagram. We're at strategy maven. Also check out our website, www.strategymavenagency.com. So we are a digital marketing agency and we help brands with their organic growth strategies. So whether that's social or email marketing or even SEO, um, that is what we do. That is what we love. Please mm-hmm. don't come to us if you're a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> no narcissist allowed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on Shockers and Cuss Words. And I hope you ladies have an amazing day. And we will definitely keep in touch. Um, and thank you so much. And have a great yeah, day, Yeah, thanks everybody. for having me. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.